recognizing signs of abuse in your relationship. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is a place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so happy that you joined us today. So, y'all, this has been a rough week for me. Um, Of course, you know what my topic is. My topic is dealing with recognizing abuse in your relationship. You know, I never... um, I never want to make this a place to bash, uh, to bash or to speak lowly of, you know, anything uh, that has happened in my life, um, anything in dealing with my husband. Um, What I, I do is I speak from a place of I've been there and done it. And I understand when women come to me and they have these issues going on in their relationships. So my thing is simply, I just want to let you know that we've been there. This is something that we've overcome because we've overcome it. We're now able to talk about it. All right. So I wouldn't be able to talk about these things if I did not overcome it or if I, I was not in the process of being able to be a help to someone that's going through it. Okay. So the the whole topic is about finding abuse in your relationships and the original thought was to go in uh, with the mindset of being able to pick out when people are doing things to you when your spouse is doing things to you that are abusive in the relationship um but the lord this week <laughs> gathered my whole face <laughs> and he he showed me okay yes you're going to do this show you're going to point out different uh types of abuse that are in relationships but i also want you to come from the standpoint of the things that you do that are abusive and i'm like lord what what i, I excuse me and so basically um what he showed me is that the abuse can come from both sides so yes, there's the obvious, the the physical violence, the words that you say that are hurtful, you know, cussing you out, things like that. That of course is abuse. Yes, it is abuse. But there are other types of abuse that are not as obvious, um, and they don't stand out as much. Um, and we can be abusive as well too. So we're gonna go over all of that uh, today. I just I, I'm excited about this show because this is something that's really needed. It's something that we should um, really be addressing um, because of the fact that it affects so many people. It affects your relationships. So the whole thing about this show is being accountable for yourself and your own behavior. So yes, we don't want you to be involved in any violence. We don't want you having to to deal with abuse in any way. Abuse in any in any way is not acceptable. If you're in a situation 
and you need to get out, by all means, get out. Be safe. Your safety and the safety of your family, your children, that is the highest concern. All right. So let's go on and get started. Anger, aggression, and PTSD, they all go hand in hand. So if you are dealing with PTSD, the nine times out of 10, you have an issue dealing with anger in your house. You have an issue dealing uh, with explosive arguments in your house. Um, Perhaps there's a toxic environment where there's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of maybe things being thrown, glasses being broken, things like that in your in your home. Um, that is something that's common. It does not make it right because it's common, but it is something that is common uh, to PTSD. So one thing you need to know is that someone that has experienced trauma, they need to have a sense of security. They need to feel that they are in control because during this trauma, they were not in control. Um, And so they could be coming from the standpoint of, I'm not going to let this happen to me anymore. I'm not going to let anybody take advantage of me or walk over me, you know, or run over me again. Um, So I am in, it's almost like a flight or or fight response that they have. Um, So they want to make sure that they stand their ground um, and that they are not taken advantage of again to be put back in the same situation. So that's already going to have them on edge. They're already on edge because of what they've experienced. So as you all know, if you are in a relationship um, where you are dealing with PTSD, you know that anger and aggression are basically a part um, of PTSD. It's just a part of the symptoms that you'll have is one that has survived trauma or dealing with someone that has survived the trauma. Um, anger can be a result of not knowing exactly how to express what it is that they're feeling. Um, so I've done that and just in frustration of not being able to get out exactly what it is that I need to say, it it upsets me, it gets me angry and I end up lashing out. That can be the same thing, you know, with them. What you have to remember is that sometimes, you know, they just need to vent. We have to learn how not to take everything personally. Sometimes they just need to vent and you just let them go on and vent and don't internalize the things that they say. And let them have it. Once, sometimes once they get it off of their chest, they they really don't have an issue about it anymore. Whatever that issue is, sometimes it's, it's just a matter of getting it off of their chest, allowing them the time to deal with what it is. Sometimes saying something out loud can be therapeutic. You know what I mean? What we need to do as a spouse is to learn to discern what it is that they're really in need of. We listen to what it is that they're saying. Sometimes we need to listen to the things that they don't say. And that really tells the story of what it is that they're dealing with, what they're going through or what it is that they need. Uh, It's really about being in tune with your spouse and knowing them as a person and knowing them, knowing how they are, knowing their ways and just being in tune with them. So one of the things that you need to do as a wife of someone that is going through PTSD is to learn 
not to react, especially based on your emotions. So if somebody's yelling at you, of course, that's going to make you riled up and you're going to yell back and nothing is going to happen because it's just going to result in a big mess, a big argument. You don't get anything resolved except for hurting someone's feelings. So the big thing to do is to one, know how to stay out of the fight, knowing how to avoid the fight. As I said before, sometimes allowing them to vent and to get things off their chest without taking it personally, it will help in that moment just to help them. That's actually therapeutic to them to be able to get things out. Sometimes people just want to be heard. And you allowing them to speak whatever their truth is in that moment, allow them to get whatever their anger or their frustration is out, that is actually therapeutic to them. And that can help them with processing their emotions and with knowing how to deal with it. All right. But there's a line. So we're still not going to take abuse. We're not going to take abusive words, um, name calling, uh, throwing stuff at you, you know, anything like that. That is abuse. So a lot of times uh, you'll find that someone that has experienced some sort of trauma, as I said in the past, dealing with their safety, their security, um, that is one thing that they, they are needing. If they're having an episode a lot of times or they're having these bad thoughts in a way to gain control. What they try to do is uh, use a form of, of escapism, basically where they're trying to get away from how they're feeling. They're trying to get away from their reality and they use things like alcohol and drugs in order to get this feeling of escape. It's a temporary escape because eventually they're going to have to come back down and still face the issues that they're having. However, the alcohol, the drugs, whatever, Whatever it is that they're using to escape, it actually helps them to bring, I guess, some sort of relief to their mind um, that they don't have to deal with this for the moment. However, it does no good because it actually can create worse problems, worse effects, especially if you're dealing with alcohol and drugs and you already have an anger problem. That's just adding fuel to the fire because it's going to make everything more intense. It's going to amplify whatever it is that's in you already. Um, the alcohol, the drugs just makes it worse. You'll find that there's a lot of problems in dealing with relationships with people that have these escapism problems and they're dealing with alcohol. You'll find that their relationships suffer because of the things that they do while they're under the influence. You'll find that your arguments increase more. Their tolerance may not be as much. They're moving off of their emotions. On the other side of it, whatever it is that helps them to escape can also put them in a place where they don't deal with it at all. There's no, they don't deal with anger at all. They just retreat to themselves. Sometimes just being quiet into yourself and not doing anything at all, that's a form of escapism. Whether you're on drugs or not, whether you're drinking alcohol or not, uh, it is a form of escapism. And um, it's also not good because you're not addressing the issue. The only way to get through an issue is to actually address it and to deal with it as it comes. There is no escape. There is no easy button. You have to learn to deal with things as they come. And that's for us as a spouse as well, too. Um, we have to be careful about, you know, walking on eggshells um, around certain issues or not dealing with certain things or letting things slide because it's so much easier not to deal with it and just let let it happen than it is to actually face it. Because a lot of us don't like um, 
we don't like the confrontation. We don't like to argue. We don't, you know, I just want peace. That's one thing I've said a lot. I just want peace, but it actually does no good. You might not have peace. You'll have quiet, but you don't have peace because your issue is still there. You're still going to be dealing with the same issue. So you, you have to be careful about that, you know, as a spouse. So there's a scripture in the Bible that says wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. <laughs> so while there's nothing in the Bible that says um, thou shalt not drink, it does give you good reason why it's not a good idea to drink. <laughs> So um, wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. You're going to make a fool out of yourself and you're going to want to fight with other people and they're not going to understand why it is that they're feeling this way. They'll feel like they're the ones that are under attack. They're under this influence. They're not thinking right. Their mind is altered. There's a study that shows that the rate of violence in marriages that are dealing with PTSD is higher when adding alcohol or drugs or other substances into the equation. But if they're able to control their anger and reduce their use of substances for coping, then the rate of the violence goes down. So if they dealing with anger problems and they use alcohol or drugs as a means to cope, the rate of violence is going to go up because, again, you're not in control of your mind. You're not thinking clearly. But if they control their anger and they reduce their use of other substances to cope, then the rate of violence goes down. The issue is, is that we need to find a new method to help them to cope now, again, it is not your responsibility to change your husband. It's not your responsibility to make them do the work that they are supposed to do for themselves. As a wife, what we are able to do is to kind of help and point them in the right direction um, to show them that there is another way to cope. There is another way to deal with the issues that you're facing in life. Um, and so we just need to help them find a new way to deal with what it is. If it's hiding alcohol, then you may need to do that. <laughs> if it's pouring it out every time the bottle opens, I've done that too. You pour out the bottle. Now, I don't, that may cause more fights. I don't know. I don't want to tell you that in that <laughs> that'll cause more fights. So where is the line when it comes to dealing with conflict, having an argument and abuse? At what line does it become abuse? So there's a fine line between dealing with anger and aggression from PTSD and then dealing with an abusive spouse. You know, when you're dealing with PTSD, you're really dealing with one moment in that moment. Anger is going to come in a flash. It seems like a sudden outburst and, you know, aggression. And the PTSD makes it hard to regulate these emotions. But abuse, abuse is, is ongoing, it's repetitive. And unlike the PTSD, they know what they're doing. It's not done on purpose. It's done with the intention of controlling you or forcing you in submission of the will of the abuser. The obvious signs of abuse are going to be both physical and verbal. But today we're going to talk about the things that are less obvious so it's easy to recognize. Did you know in the United States, every 60 seconds, 20 people are physically abused by an intimate partner. 20 people, that is over 10 million instances of domestic violence per year. 
I want to let that sink in for a minute. 10 million instances of domestic violence per year. Did you know that 70% of marriages dealing with PTSD end in divorce and the rates of abuse and violence are much higher in families that are dealing with PTSD? Hostility and conflict can tear a family apart. The problem is, is that families are not equipped to handle the changes and the challenges that are brought on by the effects of trauma. In my book, The PTSD Wives Handbook, I uncover the hidden wounds of PTSD and I give you the tools that you need to let go of emotional baggage and find inner peace, self-love and personal strength. I'm going to show you how to turn your pain into a renewed passion for a better quality of life for yourself, for your spouse and for your family. PTSD affects the whole house, but your family doesn't have to be destroyed because of it. Get your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today. Click on the link in the show notes to order. Now, back to the show. The thing to know about abuse is that it normally comes on slow. It's subtle and you don't recognize it right away. People are only going to do what you allow them to do. So this is their way of testing the waters to see how far you'll allow them to go. Before you know it, if you don't recognize it, you're in an abusive relationship. Okay, so we're going to go over a couple tactics that are used uh, when it comes to abuse and keeping someone under control um, and some of these things that are done. As I said in the beginning, you know, I made this list up to see, you know, for women to see if this is something that they see being done to them. Um, And as I said, the Lord revealed to me that sometimes we do the same thing to them, whether we have PTSD or not. This is a relationship issue. Sometimes we can be abusive. Um, I don't know if it's a defense mode. I don't know if it's due to a PTSD of our own um, where we become the one that's controlling. We become the one, you know, that's doing all these things that are abusive, but we don't take the blame for it. We don't take accountability for it. And so I just want you to take a look as I go through this list. I want you to take a look. Um, and, and observe and see if there's any of these that you do yourself to your husband. So we're going to look to see if there's anything that's being done to you. And then we're going to look to see if you do any of these things to your husband. One of the things that you can see is evident is jealousy. I always have a thing. Please don't think for me. That's a big thing for me. I have my own mind. I'm able to say yes and no. I don't do what I don't want to do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm not easily influenced. To me, it signifies that someone is insecure. That's the first thing it shows me. Jealousy shows that they're insecure. Jealousy also shows that they don't have confidence in you and your ability to say no to something that you know is not going to be right. Um, it, it makes it makes me feel, if it's coming towards me, it makes me feel like Um, you don't have enough confidence in me to think that I can think for myself in these situations and do the right thing where you think I'm going to do the wrong thing. Because of their jealousy, they can sometimes go out of their way to embarrass you, um, even though they, they might not confront the person that they actually have the issue with. They may confront you. They may embarrass you. They'll hold you accountable for what they feel about someone else. Um, That's not fair to you as a person. 
Abuse is about power and control. And the tactic they use to do that is fear. Abusers condition the mind of their victim. They want them to think that there's no escape, that you can't leave. They make the victim dependent on them so that they're too scared or that they are unable to move away or move on from the abuser. But on the other side of that, the abuser also realizes uh, how much they'll lose if you were to leave. That's why they don't want you to leave. They know your value. They know that it would cause them a personal loss and that they'll have something to lose if they don't keep you under control. So that's why they're controlling and easily angered. They're critical. They view you as property and not as a person. So one thing you need to know is that the way someone treats you is never your fault. Don't take the blame for anything um, that someone says or does to you. Um, you can never make someone hurt you. Their actions that they the actions that they take are their own choice. They make a decision to do what they did. So never, never allow them to say, you made me hit you. You made me treat you like that. You made me go out and cheat on you. No, they didn't. You made a decision. You made a decision in your head to do that. That has nothing to do with me. All right. So number one, blame is a tool that they will use to make it seem like you are at fault for doing this. All right. Um, how about ignoring you and belittling your feelings? That's emotional abuse. A lot of people think that just because you're married, that uh, there is no such thing as sexual abuse. There is no abuse because you're supposed to give yourself willingly to your spouse. But guess what? In marriage, a no is still a no, even if I don't feel like it. It still means no. If I don't want to give myself to you and the answer is no, that's what the answer is. Um, a lot of times uh, rape can occur in marriage. Um, whether you have a wedding ring or not, it doesn't mean that you have access to my body if I don't want to give it to you. You know, um, people will try to uh, pressure you or guilt you into performing sexual acts. One of the things I hate to hear is if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. While yes, that is true. Don't use that as a tool to try to get someone to have sex with you because it's a tool of manipulation, basically to either guilt me or to make me uh, it's, it's to make me fearful that somebody else is going to take my spot. See that, that messes with my confidence that messes with who I am as a person and my thinking. Um, basically it's just manipulation. Manipulation is the same thing as witchcraft because you're changing the way somebody thinks it's the same thing as witchcraft. Um, and you'll find yourself having to compete with other women, even women that you don't know. Um, and at that point, it's performance based. It's about trying to make sure that no other woman gets your man or, uh, you know, it's not about you being so in love with him. It's about making sure that okay, can't nobody do what I do. OK, all right. Guess what? If she got the same parts you got, she can do what you do. I'm sorry to say is <laughs> sorry to say. So let me say this. Makeup sex does not excuse toxic behavior. You know, it only complicates the issue and it adds to the problem and makes things worse, especially if you're only giving in to pacify the situation or to, you know, avoid further drama. Having sex because you feel pressured to do so is a form of sexual abuse, even if you are married to them. You know, explosive arguments and physical and verbal aggression reveal a lack of communication skills 
respect, and self-control. So problems in your bedroom, they're not going to be fixed in the bedroom. They have to be fixed outside of the bedroom, especially if sex is being used as a tool of manipulation. And then there's emotional blackmail where you manipulate the facts to try to make them feel bad or they try to make you feel bad. They try to blame you and make you feel uh, bad about your past mistakes, make you feel guilt. Um, Sometimes they hold you hostage uh, to the story that's in their own mind. It may not even be the truth, but it it may be just what they believe happened and they're going to hold you hostage to that. You know, they lecture you about your mistakes and they know just the right way to push your buttons and they'll put all the blame on you and make it seem like it's all your fault. All right. Frequent outbursts like yelling at you, talking disrespectful to you. You know, my thing is watch how you talk to me. I'm big on that. Watch how you talk to me. I can understand what you're saying. Just make sure you put it in a way that I can receive it, because if I can't receive it, it's not going to do either one of us any good. All right. Um, Things like taking things from you, like your car keys or your house key or destroying things like your phone or something that you're uh, connected to, some things that you're connected to sentimentally. Um, Also, emotional neglect, withholding affection, shutting down communication with you. If they try to turn others against you, like telling your relationship problems to family, you know, and they don't provide an emotional support. Now, I always say, If you want to fix the drama in your family, try not talking to them about what's going on in your relationship. That's the best way to fix the drama in your your family. Don't tell them about what's going on between you and your spouse. What goes on in your house between you all, let that stay there. Let that stay there. There's nothing wrong with getting advice about something. But get advice from someone that is able to provide it without judgment, someone that can just tell you right or wrong and someone that actually doesn't have anything to do with it. So you need someone that's distanced, like a counselor, a pastor, um, someone else that's not connected in your inner circle, because that way that just turns the person against that other person. And then they can get to talking to other people and saying, well, you know, I don't like them because they did this. So this to my my brother, they did this to my nephew, you know, my son, my son is always complaining about it. No, keep your business to yourself. Don't let your family get involved in your business. So what do you do if you recognize signs of abuse? What do you do if you recognize these things? So the first thing you need to do is to take heed to yourself. There's a study that showed that female partners of veterans with PTSD committed more family violence than other female partners. So this means that hurt people hurt people. Essentially, that that's what that is. Be sure that you're not taking your aggression out on other people, especially your children. Your other relationships can suffer because of the things going on in your home life. I found there was a time where um, my husband and I were going through some things. I actually just had some personal things that were going on and uh, it affected every relationship that I had, not just, you know, at home, but also at work. I had, you know, dealing with coworkers. I thought everything was about me. Everything was being said about me. Um, it also happened at church when my relationships at church were affected. I just felt like everybody was against me. I felt like I was always missing the mark. Um, and what the issue was, 
I had something internal that I had to deal with myself. And once I did the work and came out of that hole, out of that depression, out of that stinking way of thinking, I was able to put everything back on track. Um, But the bottom line here, what I'm saying for this purpose is, is that your relationships can be affected by the things that are going on in your home in your relationships. Um, so evaluate, check to check yourself, self-evaluate, see where you're being abusive as well. So it takes two to tango, right? So check to see where in your relationship, if you are being the one that is, uh, if you're being the one that's abusive. All right. Um, as far as threats, take all threats seriously. If they say, if they say it, don't think they're not going to do it. You need to get out before it happens. If they're under the influence, remember that they are not in control of their thinking and their behavior. If they're throwing things and breaking things, that's all a substitute for the harm that they want to do to you. Now, remember, just because you love them, you don't have to put up with no abuse. The fact that you're committed to be there for them is not a license for them to go in and mistreat you or abuse you. And the phrase, I can't help it, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse at all. All right, you need to practice self-care. Self-care, this means prioritizing your needs. Your safety, number one, comes first. Are you safe? Are you in a position of danger? What can you do to get out of danger? Do that first. And once you're out, especially if it's an abusive relationship, once you're out, don't go back. Don't go back. So for today's coaching moment, I need you to get a piece of paper and something to write with. All right. So what we're going to do, we are going to write a letter. Well, we're not going to do it. I did it already. You're going to do it. You are going to write a letter and you're going to write a letter to yourself. Now, the thing is, you are not going to write this letter to yourself as yourself. You are going to write this letter to yourself as the one that loves you the most. This is going to be a parent, a grandparent, maybe your best friend, maybe a relative or a friend of the family, someone that loves you the most and that thinks highly of you and that wants the best for you. I want you to get that person in your mind. And you are going to write a letter to yourself as that person. I want you to go over the things that we talked about today. I want you to go over the types of abuse. And I want you to see where you can see that happening in yourself, where you can see that happening to you. And I want you to look and see where you see yourself doing that to your spouse. And I want you to write a letter from the perspective of this person. How does that make you feel? What do you think this person would say about what you're doing or what is being done to you? How do you think that they would feel? Would they be disappointed? What advice would they give you? What advice would they give you? Would they tell you to stay? Would they tell you to leave? Would they tell you to try to fix things? What advice would they give you to fix it? Do you see yourself through this person's eyes? I want you 
to look at your situation through this person's eyes and you write a letter to yourself from the perspective of this person and tell me what they think. Tell me what they feel. Do you think their opinion of you will change based on what you see? What advice do you think they would give you? Do you think they would encourage you that they would cheer you on? Or do you think that they would have a few things to say (laughs) about the way that things are going? I want you to take time out and just think. And remember, this is coming from the perspective of someone that loves you the most. Take as long as it takes to get that out. Just brain dump. Kind of have a conversation with them. That's even better. Have a conversation with them in writing and just talk with them in your mind and on paper and write about what it is that they're telling you. Write about what it is um, that you're learning from them, from what they have seen in you. All right, everybody, that's my time for today. I barely scratched the surface. There is so much more on this topic that I want to share with you all, but I'm out of time. All right, so hopefully something was said today that gave you light, that gave you some sort of peace and joy to let you know that everything is going to be all right. All right, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.